Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjoe Gall. Hello and welcome to this segment on CIO Talk Network. To learn more about the uh, the show, uh, please visit www.ciotalknetwork.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter and look for this show as hashtag CDO and hashtag Chief Digital Officer. Today's topic is the state of Chief Digital Officer in 2016, and our guest for today's show is Nick Reddy. Uh, Nick is the Chief Digital Officer and Senior Vice President Information Services at Baylor Scott and White Health. Hi, Nick. How are you? Uh, good morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, great to have you. Now, uh, we all know that uh, 2014 was Christians as the year of Chief Digital Officer, and I remember doing an event where we went and, and spoke about what this role is going to do, how are they going to make a, a, a name for themselves by contributing towards what a business wants them to do. So all of that said, when you look at the journey, like last few years of how it has actually been going, what do you think has been the value add a CDO can claim they provided? Um, uh, yeah, I think over the last uh, last few years, as the as the role's been has been maturing, I think initially initially the role started um, with the question of how do we um, how do we maximize the digital assets um, for a particular company, and I think the role um, you know took took on a couple of different tangents. Uh, there's people that focused on uh, quite a bit of the analytics that were uh, generated uh, from the digital age. Uh, there's folks that focused on uh, <clears throat> on uh, the innovation side of things, um, uh, relative primarily in the, in, the, in the customer journeys, modernizing the consumer journeys in the digital age. And I think the role is slowly transitioning uh, from those areas to uh, really pushing uh, the transformation uh, within the organization. So it's sort of going from a, uh, <clears throat> a technology uh, disruption to um, a business transformation role, and that's that's sort of how I see it navigating. And to answer your question about some of the some of the things that CDOs have done, I would say a lot of it uh, over the last. Uh, two to three years has been focused on uh, uh, consumer journeys, uh, modernizing consumer journeys, making them more convenient, more real-time, more uh, self-service, and and using data and those conduits to drive insights for uh, for the business solutions. So that's the way I see it happening. Now, so so the the fact that people thought where CDOs, uh, chief digital officers, would would really add value is where the rest of the world doesn't understand the digital. So, does that need a modern mindset, uh, knowledge of the tools, or a newly rethought strategy, which otherwise is not obvious to the people who come from the legacy technology or legacy of business? Yep, I think I think there's no question. Um, I would say. Um, there's a phenomenon of uh, what got you here won't get you there. Um, <laughs> I know that's a book. So, so uh, um, you know, I think uh, most technology and business leaders that have spent um, the last 20 years um, getting to 2016 uh, probably recognize that the future will be very different than, than the past uh, relative to how they operate. I think the, the rules of the game are different. Um, so absolutely, I think um, I think most most progressive leaders in business um, have have gone through uh, an internal uh, thought process of the art of possible. Uh, I would argue most people I think understand the potential uh, of digital. They understand the the competitive threat uh, of digital, um, and um, I think where where they are is is really trying to establish concrete pl- concrete plans and move in those journeys within their organizations. Um, and 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 this is not a skill set um, that um, that exists in, in the marketplace in Ample. So um, not a lot of organizations have gone through the digital revolution because it's it's happening right now. So there's a lot of learning. There's a lot of experiments. There's a lot of pilots. There's a lot of bets. Um, 
So the market is definitely evolving. Uh, but for most progressive leaders, including people in our organization, uh, I would I would argue understand the art of possible um, uh, here and are really pushing to have a concrete, impactful um, uh, experiments and 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 scale those experiments within the organization. So when we come from um, like see, see the the I would say six or seven or. I would say, yeah, close to like 2008 is when everything started crumbling and people wanted to first get the, you know, hunker down and uh, keep the lights on. And then we started recovering from it. And now we're saying that we want to at least start doing something new. Is that where you feel chief digital officer even seeing some play money made available to them? Because when you use the word experiment, it's unheard of in business unless otherwise they are rolling in, in, in dough and they also have uh, that propensity to take risk. Are people giving you the rope to be able to go do what you have to do to show something new, different, and more? Uh, yes, absolutely. I think good question. Uh, I'm sure there's there's variation in the marketplace, um, but from what I'm seeing uh, uh, generally and broadly, uh, absolutely there's... Um, most most senior leaders and most executives and CEOs, um, um, I think if you do a survey of, of what's on their agenda, I would argue uh, 70 to 80% across all industries will probably have, you know, digital or innovation or something to that effect, uh, um, you know, in, in their agenda. Uh, I think it's become a... Uh, a strategy uh, for most people uh, because the future is so dynamic and so unknown. So, and you are right, the, the economics and the cash flow of, of a business uh, today does allow most businesses to make that uh, to make that investment. So, we we've been fortunate to uh, to get you know the the three things that that make uh, make uh, new initiatives successful. Uh, executive support to have the executive support to number two is to to have the resources um, or the commitment in dollars uh, and number three is the talent and the horsepower of the people doing the particular transformation so all three of those have triangulated I would argue uh, for us and I'm seeing it it's triangulated for most organizations and when those three things happen um, usually you see you see success and, and business impact so uh, absolutely, the the timing timing is is there in, in economics and American business today to make the investment and the support. Now, so so what you just uh, mentioned that they have the propensity, they are trying to do something new. But with that, are they keeping uh, you on the edge by saying, "I need to see some results" versus pure sandboxing? Yep, yep. So good, uh, good question. So. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, um, it's what I call debt, debt by pilots or debt by experiments is not the goal. Um, so um, how do you, um, how do you, you know, rationalize this or how do you get ROI on some of these investments? Um, so two or three ways we do, we do uh, are trying to pick items that have the promise of, of benefiting a business. Um, you know, whether it's through growth, whether it's through convenience, whether it's through um, efficiency. So we are trying to place bets in, uh, in not just um, exciting things or things that, that excite the crowd, but also things that have business uh, business value. So that's that's number one. So there is some, some amount of pressure because one of those, because the intention is not to experiment. The intention is to experiment and then scale it and transform the rest of the business. Uh, by learning from that experiment, so there is uh, a healthy amount of fear, but but there's also a, a broad recognition that um, if this is a business case driven initiative, uh, um, you probably have a hard time justifying the business case at the onset of some of these innovations. Innovation, by definition, is the future is unknown, um, and you, we we just don't know where it's going to manifest itself. So. Uh, we're, we're trying to do the, our, our best to quantify in the future, but there's some amount of healthy amount of risk taking and uh, you know assumptions and scenario based planning that we're we're approaching as well, which is a little bit on the qualitative side of things. So, would you say there are uh, any 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 specific uh, initiatives that you feel were digital initiatives essentially, which have delivered some tangible value which CDOs can be proud of? It could be in your organization or anywhere else where you can say, oh, wow, 
because of CDO coming in and thinking and rethinking how business could be done, uh, we, we, we transformed, we increased value, which was not seen before or any other type of value that was delivered. Yeah, I, I, would, I, would, say, I would say absolutely yes. Um, um, you know, I think there's areas, I'll, I'll point to two to three areas. First is this area of, of, um, of analytics. Um, you know, I, I think the ability to, um, um, you know, capture, mine, and more importantly, uh, uh, predict what people want. Um, a lot of times before, before they want it, before they need it, or, or target to certain consumers, um, uh, I think is an area that that is that is shaping out to be to be uh, you know pretty interesting. I think there's a lot of companies that do quite a bit um, in that space, um, you know, and it's it's it, it doesn't surprise people when you know um, when you get um, um, an alert um, that you know is a sort of a push notification anymore, right? So, and a lot of that analytics, I think, is, is a good success story. I think. I think the businesses of the future um, will be algorithm-based, will be scientific, more scientific around data versus artistic. Um, you know, here's here's the products or solutions or services we build. Please come by. I don't think it's going to work. I think targeting and consumer segmentation. So I think there's some good success stories there. Um, just also a convenience to a customer. We've done so many things on, on how, how simple life has become, whether it's ordering a coffee at Starbucks or whether it's ordering a cab or, you know, the on-demand services and, and just ability to do certain things in financial industries, ability to do video visits and televisits in healthcare industry, um, you know, the power of, of just navigating a consumer journey, what, what you used to be able to do, um, you know, in 2005 and what you can do today is, is frankly something we couldn't have imagined. Um, <clears throat> so the consumer journeys and and the convenience and the simplicity of them, and the and, and giving people access to what they need quickly, I think is something that they would they would take pride in as well. So those are the two areas, kind of, I, w- I would point to uh, where there's thing the most amount of uh, focus and and um, and value that the that the team has delivered. So uh, if you were to look at the the disruptions that you mentioned, like this, the way we hail a cab and, and like Uber is what we are referring to or any other such similar applications in different worlds. We've seen that that has come out of, um, it's almost like an entrepreneurial venture which fundamentally thought digital versus an enterprise wearing that creative destruction approach. Yep. And and yes. so so the CDO, uh, would you think you would be given the freedom to say, okay, here I come, I bring you this idea while I'm not starting a business, but I wanted to fundamentally destruct, destroy what you have in order for it to, to, to for us to create something. So yep. that leap of faith is yep. is an organization, a regular legacy organization taking, and are you able to convince them? So, uh, good question. I, I call this the the cannibalization effect. So, um, in most cases, if if digital is as successful as promised, um, there is usually an um, um, a negative repercussion to the core business. Uh, and I think that's a broad, generic statement. I mean, it apply to everybody, but uh, you know, there is there is a a, a new world that. Uh, impacts the old world negatively, uh, <clears throat> and there's millions of examples that I think we can walk through. There's traditional examples, you know, how we do music, how we watch videos. There's just there's just quite a bit of examples to to make that make that argument. Um, so I think to, to answer your question, um, in 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 large enterprises, I think the way people are looking at this is they. They're looking at digital as you know a couple of different things. Um, I believe I think first they're looking at it as as the right thing to do um, because it 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 is a better uh, you know a more contemporary way of of uh, serving the marketplace. Number one, number two, there's a healthy amount of fear uh, around this uh, because if you don't do it, somebody else will do it. Um, so there's there's a healthy amount of fear that's driving this internally. So I think it's a balance. Uh, you know, I think about uh, large large um, 
PC manufacturers when they're producing computers in an era where people are buying mobile phones and tablets. Um, you know, the reality is the more, PC, the more mobile phones and tablets you buy, the less PCs you sell. Uh, but if you don't, if you don't produce cell phones and, and tablets, somebody else will do it and they'll steal the market share anyway. So that your core business uh, can either be threatened by, by, by yourself or by somebody else uh, in the marketplace. So, so um, that, that's, that's the way I think, I think most executives are, uh, which is we can, we can treat this with a healthy amount of fear, uh, understand, understand the trade-offs that will happen when we go to digital and, and operate in a new model. It's new economics. It's a new way of disrupting business models, and um, and and it's it's just another another market force that we would have to deal with. Uh, uh, not dealing with it doesn't protect you. Uh, it exposes you more because you're less educated and you're more uh, uh, exposed to to competitive forces. We believe. So let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's compare or rather let's evaluate the contrast between a regular business leader and a business executive who's paid to make incremental growth or maybe some taking some quantum leaps, but not losing the very ground on which they developed this, this whole enterprise. And here comes the CDO, the mindset where we say that we are going to experiment. We would like you to be paranoid in a healthy way and and let go of what you have built so far so while it's easier said than done what's the magic trick that cdos are are playing in order for them to change the mindset of those very top leaders so that they give them the blessing and the sponsorship and dollars to make the reality happen or what's what they never thought was possible possible please stay tuned listeners we'll be right back and explore Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So here is management who, uh, who all get together they've been working on this business for years working with wall street to figure out how to keep their stocks up i'm just taking public company for example and then here comes the cdo says you know what whatever was the basis of you making those millions of dollars for the company and for the shareholders keep that aside for a second and let's rethink and see if we can totally uh, annihilate what was created and and come up with something brand new because that's going to promise you. I've got no guarantees, but it's it, it's supposed to give us a promise of of better future ahead. Really, how would that make? How would you make that happen? I'd be I'd be curious. Yeah, I, I think as as um, as you know as, as you can speculate, I think this this is definitely a a, a, a people issue. Um, I. I I, you know, we we believe in behavioral economics uh, around this. So, if you take if you take the the most senior leaders of any company, I you know most of them get it. Most of them get uh, you know the possibilities. Most of them get the the trade offs that we need to make uh, from the legacy business to the new business. But if you have uh, business unit leaders that are incentivized and that have um, large business units that they're that they're maintaining, and frankly that that helps pay. Uh, uh, that helps keep the balance sheet balance sheet in check. It's a very hard thing for for them to switch and things of that things of that nature. What what we're trying to do, obviously, I think two or three things. One is uh, drive some sense of intent, incentives internally to do this. Uh, number one. Number two, the experiments we're doing are allowing us to convince, in most cases, uh, irrefutably, that doing uh, business a different way could be economical uh, and could could work in the digital world. Uh, we might have to set ourselves up differently 
Uh, so, you know, uh, really good examples uh, in, in, in healthcare, you know, how you do, uh, you know, a, a patient that comes into a doctor's office, um, <clears throat> you know, and, and if the compensation for that patient is X, uh, the same patient that does a virtual visit, whether it's through video or whether it's through um, an e-visit, the compensation is, you know, X minus 50%. Uh, and so the question really is, how do you, you know, how can you, in a, in a business that's operating at a two to four percent margin, how do you operate in an X minus fifty percent margin? Uh, what is the incentive for you to do that? So, um, you know, so it's, it's really setting up the new business to where, uh, really giving them uh, enough data to say this is really the new uh, working principles and how we need to set it up and, and, and shifting to that business model. And the reason. They would do it. Uh, I would argue first. Once again, I think there's a there's a healthy amount of competition. Uh, you know, if, if you don't do it, somebody else would, and it, the business will leave leave the enterprise anyway. Um, uh, holding on to the legacy uh, will not protect the legacy for a long period of time. It's it's uh, so I think that's there. There's some behavioral incentives, and at a senior level, most once again, most most executives are are really sponsoring to push this and build these new business units. Uh, you know, that operate a little bit more uh, lean and operate in a little bit more uh, unique fashion uh, because the transition from the legacy to new, I, I believe, in some areas will, will take uh, a few years, five years, or sometimes even up to a decade. This is not an overnight switch. Um, um, you know, it's easy for companies that have started as a digital business, they don't have the legacy business to worry about, uh, but it's harder uh, to go through the transition for large enterprises. So what all what all you mentioned? Uh, if you notice, the CDU has been positioned in the organization with, of course, a skeleton staff. And the places where you want to bring about changes are the ones where you can at most influence. You cannot control. So you talk about technology. You got to go to talk to the CIO's uh, group. If you want to go to uh, make some changes in the business processes or rethink all of those, then you have to go to the unit uh, business unit leaders. What, what what empowerment do you think you have as in a role or what has been developed over the years so that you are able to realize what you are helping everyone else dream? Yeah, a good question. Um, I think um, <clears throat> relative to empowerment, I think you are right. I, uh, there's quite a bit of uh, collaboration, whether it's with the uh, CIOs organization or whether it's with the different business unit GMs, uh, because that's where really the magic happens. Um, uh, so it's it's uh, it's sort of uh, operating through influence, um, which, by the way, I think is is fine. I, w- I would argue it's probably the right way to set it up, given the state of the union in this space. It makes the job a little bit more difficult. It it, it really uh, highlights the strength of your relationships. It it really um, brings executive commitment um, uh, into into you know into a, a, into focus. Uh, do we really want to do this or not? And 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 so, from an empowerment perspective, most of the empowerment uh, for us is coming uh, coming from a from a senior level folks. Uh, and and obviously, there's there's a healthy amount of dialogue and a healthy amount of friction and tension that happens when you get to business units and working with CIOs. Um, that, that's that's a challenge, um, no question. Uh, but. Um, this is this is uh, a classic transformation issue. Do we have a burning platform to do this? Um, you know, I think once you convince people of, of having the burning platforms, uh, you know, the example that I gave around virtual visits, the reality is, you know, um, it healthcare used to be a very local business. You had local hospitals and local clinics. Today, it's not a local business. It's it's a national business. So any, uh, you know. Uh, uh, an entrepreneur in California can develop a virtual visit and, and literally navigate our patients to that particular digital portal. Right? So it, that we see that shift happening. And when you walk through the numbers and when you walk through the trends and then you walk through the amount of activity that's happening, uh, that's really uh, attacking the core of our business, I think business unit leaders are, are astute enough to uh, at least allow us to experiment and allow us to walk through economics of how we can help them shift. Because they are seeing um, um, uh, slow movements in their core business. If you were to really identify the core responsibilities and the key value proposition of a chief digital officer, is that primarily to a dream 
and or to make connections between the dots which other people don't seem to be able to figure out? Is that what purely... Uh, so you are an artist, would you say, or you come from a scientific approach for you to say, okay, if you do this, uh, this is going to happen and this is why? Yeah, that's a good question. I, uh, there's no, no, no doubt in my mind we have to have a sense of vision uh, around um, the art of possible and then we have to be able to dream uh, or what what we could what we could do, but I I see that you know as 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 really something that's behind most CDOs. The job would not have been created if if someone did not paint that picture in your organization. Our job would not have existed. I would argue. I think the 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 dreaming for the most most part has been done. Uh, I, I would argue a lot of it now is becoming uh, scientific. It's taking a strategy. It's having strategic areas. It's analyzing those areas, talking about opportunities, prioritizing them. It's selecting solutions and creating a uh, ecosystem of solutions that seamlessly orchestrate uh, for that particular problem and then driving to experiments and helping it scale whether scale is the business unit leader's uh, responsibility or the CDO's responsibility depends. Uh, but I, I see this uh, more more than dreaming. I see this as a relatively, uh, you know, scientific uh, execution responsibility as well in several cases. Uh, and and uh, in some places also have responsibility for having uh, P&L for some of these solutions and products that are being developed in the CDO office. And um, so, so you are you are part dreamer, part scientist of sorts, where you are bringing empirical data to convince people, and and you are right that somebody must have championed your role in. So all that uh, happening, and and you incrementally finding a foothold in the organization. Would you say in two thousand six you have planted yourself well as a role within the organization, or and and if yes, then. Where are you seeing your incremental growth? So how will you further solidify or how, how will you further incrementally or in a quantum fashion uh, bring growth to the organization beyond what you've done, the, the obvious obvious things you could have yeah. done? Yeah, a, a good question. Um, um, you know, as I said, I think the role is, is slowly, at least from where we're seeing, is, um, you know, translating into a certain set of digital capabilities to um, to innovation, to a sense of transformation because most transformation has a heavy digital uh, uh, digital angle to it uh, along with business process and people transformation. So uh, we're seeing the role evolve into that. Um, <clears throat> uh, one of the things that, that is really interesting is um, the role of technology. Um, I think, I think it, it, it is continuing to rapidly uh, mature and develop, I believe the the next 10 years will bring uh, a rapid pace of technology change in the last 10 years. I think the, the real disturbances in the force, the cognitive technology, the automation technology, the machine learning technology, uh, the genetics and healthcare are, are really, frankly, just still baking in the oven and the temperature hasn't hit. Uh, those those have significant um, uh, implications to the business. I mean, um, you know, automation of, of what we do uh, impacts every single uh, person we employ. Uh, cognitive thinking of you know genetics, precision medicine. So some of these things that that are um, that uh, that are coming in the pipeline are are frankly uh, you know have a bigger impact. To our business than what we've seen in the last ten years. Frankly, I think the last ten years has been relatively simple. Uh, it's 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 been not hasn't been complex technology. It's been mobile. It's been web. It's you know, it's been a little bit of big data things of that nature. It's it's technology that most people understand. But the next ten years, I think the implications will be will be pretty significant. So uh, let's take a quick break, listeners. Uh, we'll, we'll be right back. And now let's look at the application of chief digital officers' uh, capabilities and the team that they're putting together. Which industries are most suited to go through this transformation? And even incrementally, they could see fundamental uh, creative destruction in coming years. And what are, what are the type of things that a CDO is doing today? to lay the foundation related to it. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. 
Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, which industry do you think, or which, which industries do you think are the ones who would have the most value that can get created for it if they were to hire a CDO and also a team related to it? Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, I, think, I think any industry that is um, that has consumers that have the ability to make choices, that have, um, that are you know, uh, that have a, a, a manual data-oriented uh, functions or processes um, <clears throat> um, are, are industries that are, that are ripe, uh, I think, for this. So I look at uh, finance uh, and what's happening in, our, in the financial industry. I think they're investing heavily. They've, they've always been mature uh, electronically. And, and uh, if you think about the amount of transactions uh, that they do within, within their walls and the amount of virtualization that's happening, uh, a simple task of depositing a check that we used to all go to a bank and do, it doesn't happen there anymore. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, that's a very manual, uh, inconvenient thing. Uh, now it's, it's a self-service, a self-service, uh, thing that happens virtually. Uh, so I, I look at that industry. I look at healthcare. Uh, I think healthcare is, 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 uh, uh, can get the most amount of value. Uh, healthcare is very, very data intensive. You know, when a patient walks into our door, you know, we capture 40 to 80,000 elements about that patient. Uh, and, you know, how do we now, you know, keep them healthy? How do we now make sure they're uh, following their care protocols and things of that nature? And, and quite a bit of that, as you can speculate, is, is manual in nature today. So there's quite a bit of opportunities uh, there. Uh, and, and uh, you know, there are, so I think that those are the two industries. And, uh, and once again, I, I, I put all industries will have an implication here. I uh, can't think of an industry, whether you're manufacturing or whatever have you. Uh, but I think there's two or three industries that really will get the most amount of, amount of value from, um, from inserting a capability like this uh, to, uh, to do their transformation. So you did mention about your uh, relationship with technology leaders in order for you, and which is important for you to uh, realize all the dreams that uh, we have with respect to digital. So CIOs and um, even chief data officers who come from a totally different uh, realm, they all have to work together with you in order to make this journey uh, be a fruitful one. What is it? that they are looking at you for because they could say we we could dream or we could hire some dreamers within our group versus having somebody as a peer so how's that relationship and camaraderie building coming along yeah i think good question there there's there's no doubt in my mind that there's there's overlap uh, between between the between the executional capabilities of a, of a cio and executional capabilities of, of a chief digital officer. Um, one of the things um, that, that we talk about internally is, you know, if you're a CIO for an enterprise, um, you know, most most of your uh, responsibility was around providing solutions to business unit leaders and serving the business unit leaders in accomplishing their their goals. That was that was your fundamental role uh, <clears throat> for a long time. That's that's just what CIOs did, um, and that's changing, uh, and it's changing for industries. Um, you know, for a long time, the technology that's being produced is actually being used by your consumers more than your employees. Uh, the technology that's being developed is actually the value proposition as the product that's being sold to the marketplace. Um, 
So, so there's quite a bit of overlap uh, between those two functions. I think there's multiple ways uh, you could structure it, organize it, uh, negotiate it between the CIO and CDO. Um, I think the two or three ways uh, that could work depending on the appetite of the organization. One is you could have a CIO that, that manages uh, IT infrastructure and IT applications and give all of the uh, digital functions to the digital officer. That's one way to do it. Um, sort of a split between traditional IT and, and newer technology and uh, mobile and, and analytics and things of that nature. The second way you could do it, uh, or actually the other extreme, is the, what we did in our organization is uh, we actually kept all of the delivery uh, in the IT organization because there's a significant amount of overlaps and capabilities and we wanted to get scale. And the CDO really spends time thinking, uh, time executing and articulating and doing analysis of the, of the projects. But the actual execution of the work happens in, in the IT arm. Um, <clears throat> so we kept that together uh, fundamentally uh, just just to drive scale within within large large organizations. So sort of the two extremes, and obviously you could do a hybrid and, and, and do different splits, but... It depends. I, I come from the IS organization. I was a senior VP in IT myself personally before I came to the digital role. Um, so I did not uh, did not see a need to split. Had good relationships. Uh, as long as the work gets done, uh, where it gets done, and who does it is, is less relevant. Uh, as long as the KPIs um, uh, for digital are being met, uh, is the way we looked at it. So. Question for you. Do you think you are, as a role, Chief Digital Officer, better connected to the CEO in terms of your reporting relationship because you're helping them not just with the how but what we should be doing versus being yeah. under another C-level executive, which could be CFO or, or any other operational or CIO for that matter, for you to be you know, uh, most effective in terms of getting the job done, not just be able to dream? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think um, I, I I don't recall the uh, uh, data point, but I think most CDOs do report to the CEOs, and I think that is a recommendation given all of the things we talked about in this session uh, around uh, the the internal uh, competitive uh, threat that it is uh, requires uh, a senior executive to sponsor it and not be under under a, a business unit leader. I. Um, I think uh, I personally report to our, our system COO who has the charge from our CEO um, to to make this make innovation and make digital a reality. Uh, so I get I get as, just as much support uh, from him. I, I think it's less at least um, you know I, I understand the 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 CXO concept you know CFO or CEO or COO. I think it's less about which title. You report to, um, and it, it's frankly not that relevant. Uh, I think what's more relevant is the person you're reporting to, their particular influence base in the organization, their particular uh, ability to champion this in the organization. Um, I think is more relevant. So uh, you could report to CEO, and the CEO may not have an innovation or digital agenda. The, the thing will fail anyway. So I think I think the X is not that relevant in the CXO, at least from our perspective. I think what's more relevant is the person you're reporting to. Can they can they can they seriously influence people uh, and um, the different levels? And number two, can they seriously um, uh, take this uh, and, and make make it reality? Can they go to the board and navigate this conversation? Can they drive investment? Can they? Negotiate trade-offs with different different leaders, things of that nature. That that is more relevant, and and that's that's what we in our RCO represented that for us, and that's that's where uh, my personal role is. <clears throat> so on the surface, uh, it looks like life is good for a chief digital officer because you are impacting the top line growth. You're getting the blessing from the CEO, and typically a mandate to anyone else who works with you to give you all the support because you're going to help fundamentally transform the organization only to take it forward. All that said, let's inventory the challenges that you feel you have which are undermining your otherwise the potential that you can bring to the table. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore.
Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, let's talk challenges with respect to your being able to add the value that you were brought in for. Yeah, I think uh, I think um, the 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 three challenges I would I would say first, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of benefits in working and being um, being a digital officer for a large system, um, primarily because you understand the business and you understand the market and you you, you know how to get there. Um, but I think being aligned to a large system, you also take on um, you know the attributes of a large system, so the the, the speed speed becomes a problem. Um, when you're when you're in large enterprises, you're, I think your processes and, and uh, some of the things that that the organizations have built over a period of time to to uh, mature their thinking end up end up um, slowing you down. So uh, this you know you can't move at the speed of an entrepreneur, even though you would like to, and even though you're measuring yourself against that, and um, and we're you're trying really hard to do that, uh, trying to. Be different, trying to be an internal incubator, things of that nature. But speed, I would say, uh, is a is a is a challenge. Um, I think the second challenge is the question that you asked me earlier around, um, you know, your uh, there's uh, there's uh, a hesitation in most people's mind around what this is, what this could be, how this could imp- the 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 the, re- the the inability to quantify this into you know direct business results because of the dynamic nature of what this is creates a sense of ambiguity that makes makes it hard for people to follow or people to champion or uh, so you deal you, you you campaign a lot you you push uphill a lot um, you know so that does happen at certain levels uh, irrelevant of what sponsorship you get uh, I think the, the there's a public and a private conversation so I think publicly we could all agree innovation is great and um, it will change the change the business, and digital will 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 be the way you do it. But privately, I think when people look at this, they just I think have a hard time quantifying this or, or baking it into their into their plan. So I think that's the that's the second challenge. The third challenge, uh, I would argue, is is at least for us as talent, it's this is it's it's a hard hard space to recruit and keep talent. Um, the marketplace is is uh, ripe with opportunities. It's ripe with interesting compensation models. Uh, you know, if you're really really good at this space, it allows you to, you know, uh, start a company and get equity. And you know, or you could work for a, a system like ours. Just just a lot of options for you um, to consider. So talent and uh, uh, recruiting and retention of talent becomes a challenge for us. So that's sort of, uh, I would say, are the three uh, 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 <clears throat> uh, three challenges that we need to work through. Now, given your uh, own role as the chief digital officer, everyone else looks up to you to figure out a way where to go next. Where do you go for your inspiration and your learning? Um, a good question. I I get. Um, I learn quite a bit uh, from from the marketplace, and and I think the single biggest uh, you know influencer uh, of motivation for me is the American entrepreneur, and uh, I interact with them uh, a lot. There's there's thousands of them. There, some of them are attached to incubators, some of them are attached to JVs, some of them are are just attached to their garages, but but just Talking to them, listening to them, uh, understanding their thinking around where um, they see the problem and how they're attacking the problem with almost uh, an attitude of nothing to lose. Um, 
uh, I just get inspired by by American entrepreneurs. Um, you know, it's it's they're an unstoppable force, um, and so that's that's really where I get inspired and I get optimistic, and um, uh, so that's that's my source of motivation of, of possibilities and and ability to take risk and put everything on the line and, and sometimes not uh, not have it turn your way. So that that inspires me. Um, our, our leaders in our organization are, are extremely supportive. They um, they are allowing us to fail. You know, it's it, it's okay if an experiment fails, and, and that's as simple as that sounds. That's a hard thing to allow people to do. Um, so one of the things is to fail. yeah, and 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 to that, uh, you know, of course, there are two things. One is the how, uh, and another is the what or why we are doing it. So what and why is where you're getting inspired from these entrepreneurs and the CEOs of of other companies or your own organization. But then uh, when you look at the how part. Do you think you 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 feel you have the background because you're starting something brand new and the way organization has been working all along, you can at most give them advice but cannot say that you're a master yourself yep. given yep. the entrepreneurial approach to doing something versus being an intrapreneur or yep. changing uh, or, or taking making a big elephant take a turn is totally two different animals. Yeah, yeah, good, good question. You're right. Um, I think it's, um, you know, even writing a job description for a CDO becomes difficult, right? So, uh, let, let alone having a methodology and an approach and a, and a proven track record of, of doing it. Um, it, it makes it very, uh, uh, it makes it very challenging. There's, there's not a recipe book, um, you know, to follow. Um, I think, I think, I think uh, acknowledged. Um, I think. We're using, we're trying to use um, uh, proven techniques and guiding principles, and, and most importantly, common sense to develop an approach. Uh, that's that's sort of what we're 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 you know be, we're hanging ourselves to. Uh, for example, there's certain proven techniques, uh, you know, around uh, why you would, how would you how would you evaluate something quickly, you know, uh, does it you know does it do this this and this right? So we're developing approaches around. You know, we have to have an evaluation criteria, you know, that does these, that follows these four guiding principles, things of that nature. So we're trying to use some proven techniques in the past where uh, we're using guiding principles like fail fast, you know, if you're going to fail, um, to where we get results back in 60 to 90 days. Um, so, um, you know, so we're using some of that um, approach to make our methodology, uh, trying to be scientific where we can be and, and trying to be intelligent enough to know you can't be scientific in these places. Uh, you, you have to be artistic, so there's judgment calls or what I call trump cards that, are, that we're using uh, to make decisions. Um, but um, yeah, that it is. It is. There is not a recipe book uh, for this, and I think it will take about a decade, decade or two, to to get out these recipe books uh, for how to do some of this work. If you're going to go out and try to become a clairvoyant or, or a person who's a who's got a crystal ball, what do you think is ahead of us, at least what you can see, and what are you doing to prepare? What is the chief digital officer doing? So you, do you have to do double duty in terms of dreaming, or you have to even transform yourself to be ready for the future? Because the things are moving fast, they're changing in a totally unpredictable manner, and nothing what is was happening earlier is being even seen as going to happen in, say, next five or ten years. Yeah, and, and I think I think really good question. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, if I were to see the future, I think the 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 future vision is going to continue to change, primarily because of the dynamic nature of the marketplace and uh, what's happening with the maturation, rapid maturation of technology. What's happening in the competitive uh, landscape? I I do not believe. Um, there is a destination for a chief digital officer uh, any time in the near future. I don't see um, any industry saying we, you know, putting a mission accomplished banner and, and saying we got to where we got to. I think there's a constant sense of movement and a constant sense of enhancement. So I think there, there will be a continuous push towards, you know, um, how does this technology impact what we're doing? How does this competitor 
uh, you know, really shift our, our consumer segments and solutions. So I think that will con- that activity will continue. Um, I would say for at least three to five years, depending on what industry you're in. Um, so I think I think the job is to continue to read the market, continue to vision, uh, and and um, you know I think there's definitely that. The second thing is is materializing some of these dreams will be a big part of the digital officer. So okay, if here's the dream and here's the PowerPoint about that dream, how do you make that real? Uh, some of these dreams haven't come true yet, right? So I think I think there will be an execution role that a lot of CTOs will take and will will be. Um, you know, maniacal about, you know, developing products and solutions and, and, and managing it that way that, that can help their, their, their enterprises and business. So I, I see those two continuing for the near future. Um, when I look further out, it, it's hard for me to think uh, past 10 years, but within five to 10 years, um, I, I, I am absolutely convinced that most industries will shift significantly on the way they serve their consumers and the way they operate. I think most of digital today is is focused on the consumers. I think you'll see digital impact internally within an organization and, and fundamentally start removing costs and changing, um, you know, automating the way they do things and things of that nature. So I, I see the digital applying to more uh, more than just a few segments today like data or consumers or whatever have you. I think it will have a more pervasive nature to it. Um, On behalf of the show and our listeners, really like to thank you, Nick, for taking the time and sharing with us what's the state of uh, CDU in 2016 and, in fact, even beyond. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And uh, listeners, uh, hope you enjoyed the conversation, learned about what Chief Digital Officer is up to and what they're going to be doing in coming years. Uh, Please like us on Facebook, join our uh, LinkedIn group, search for CIO Talk Network, and please be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CIO Talk Network. This is Sanjog, all your talk show hosts. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.